Welcome back to another episode of On the Break. Tonight we have Clint the Cream Puff Capella edition. And we have some uh, more games from round two to break down. I'm your host, Josh, the Vanilla Gorilla, with Kyle Beats in the studio tonight. How's it going, Kyle? Hey, what's going on, man? Just chilling, uh, enjoying a night where there's just uh, just one game. So I, basketball's done at 9.30, and I'm not, you know, staying up till midnight because I feel like an old man. I fucking pass out when all those West Coast <laughs> games are on. So it's nice. Uh, nice kind of – I'm enjoying – I love having basketball every night, but – Getting a, a little break there where it's just, you know, one game tonight, you get to kind of chill. I'm loving it. Oh, for sure, dude. And, it, like, doing this is different. Um, I'm not going to say it's, like, a job or that I'm complaining about doing it yet, but it's, like, like last night I I looked at the schedule and I was like, God, we got another game tonight? And you have to, like, sit down and just, like, really study stuff so I can have stuff to talk about. There's, it's not a – it's not relaxing. The playoffs aren't relaxing anymore for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I want to, I want to be knowledgeable and know what I'm talking about and stay up to date on everything, which is, you know, requires a lot of energy when there's two meaningful games every single night and we have full-time jobs, but man, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, we'll, we're going to dive into all the different rounds. I'm kind of surprised where this game's at tonight. We're, you know, recording this uh, Thursday night and we're at, we got the Raptors Philly right now. And I really thought the Raptors were going to come out and just, whoop their ass game three but uh philly's looking good in this first half yeah i was surprised you said that just because they went back to home to philly and generally that's a big momentum swing especially after a win in toronto but isn't that such like a philly this philly team thing to do is like just shit the bed at home yeah and get booed in the first five minutes yeah exactly like (laughs) it's like even if they win this game by 40 i don't really trust them fully uh but i mean you're you're seeing when guys are clicking on all cylinders and beads just He's doing his thing. Uh, so is Kawhi, but Embiid's probably the best player on the floor tonight. It's, and he's been really good. And then you're getting, you know, double-digit points from Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler. Ben Simmons facilitating. J.J. Reddick's hitting his three. Like, on paper, that's why this team works so good. But it just feels like one, once one of those, you know, once one of the cogs isn't working and the machine shuts down, kind of. Uh, so even if they win this game by 30 or 40, I'm not – super worried about Toronto. Now, if they lose both in Philly, then I would be. For sure, man. And ultimately, like, this is – this series is a team with a ve- that was supposed to be very deep before they came in. OG Anunoby getting hurt has actually really shown its head, um, rooted its ugly head in this series versus a team that has James Ennis, Greg Monroe, and Mike Scott coming off the bench. Like, those are all on any other team. You would be happy with them coming off maybe as your eighth man, but right. not as a sixth man, you know. That's right. a very – thin team and I think that I think as the playoffs go on we're going to see those teams that don't have a bench um start to be affected by it more 100 percent. and I know we typically go east coast west coast I mean if we're going to just start start with Philly Boston let's start with that we can jump around we can go we can do Denver Portland next because I, I want to save you know, Milwaukee Boston Golden State Houston are the, the sexier matchups to me so we can save the best for last but uh you know this Philly series has really been I don't I don't know what to think about it because I still feel like Toronto's the better team. Even though they don't have a better roster on paper. I feel like they're a better team, but and you mentioned it Josh, they have to play with a slower pace. I feel like they're a better team in terms of chemistry, every guy knowing his role and moving the ball where Philly it's like, "Oh, we have a crap ton of talent, but we don't really each know like what our true role is in this team. Like it's a lot of hot potato at the end of games." You know what I mean? And they just don't have the same kind of ball movement uh, that the, that the uh, Raptors do. So, like I said, I, I still feel like the Raptors are the better team, but, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I – you can't – the Raptors have done not a great job at letting the – or not keeping the Sixers from getting out in the break. Like, you have to mitigate Ben Simmons um, from that. Also, the, like I said previously – OG Ananobi not being there to guard Jimmy Butler is really hurting them because yeah. the only real half court offense that they have is Jimmy Butler and then Joel Embiid and then run run JJ Redick off of screens. But you can you can mitigate that. Like the only person that can really create his own offense and like be there at the end of the game and consistently do it is Jimmy Butler. I would like to see more from Joel Embiid, but it's pretty obvious that he's not one hundred percent. I think he's hurt. Oh, he's definitely hurt. I mean, he just looks like. 
And I know he's not an elite athlete, right? Like this dude isn't in the shape that Giannis or LeBron is in. Uh, he's just a big dude. He's a little heavier. Probably doesn't take care of his body the same way. He's had a lot of injuries, but he looks different than normal where he normally just kind of looks like he's lumbering around and a little out of breath. Like he looks like he's in legitimate pain right now. Yeah. And he's not moving quite as fluid as normal. Uh, there's yeah. definitely something going on there. Uh, but you know what? I mean, the fact that he's not 100%, I think everyone can see that. And he's been, you know, arguably the best player on the floor tonight. You know, that says a lot about his ability. And like I said, I mean, if he if he's doing just enough, like if he's being, you know, average Joel Embiid, if you get contribution from two of the other three big guys, as long as two of the other three step up, that team's really hard to beat. I mean, it's going to take the Warriors to beat that team if everyone's clicking. Oh, for sure. Currently, uh, four for eight from the field, Joel Embiid is. We're watching it at halftime. 18 points. He had 12 in the last game. So, um, big step up for him. Two for two from the three-point line and hit all of his free throws. Last game, he blamed it on diarrhea, which I think that it was probably just a bad game. I never saw him go to the locker room, so he might have been running around with wet pants out there. But Paul Pierce know. definitely thought that was a legitimate excuse. <laughs> Paul Pierce was like, that's real. I've seen it. <laughs> He's like, you should have just faked an injury. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I I don't know if that was a – dude, to be honest with you, moving forward for the, for the 76ers, they built their franchise around this guy. He's playing 60 games a year, and he seems to be hurt in every single playoffs. Like, is this a concern for you? Yeah, it's absolutely a concern. I mean, that's why I'm interested to see what kind of money they're going to throw at him because I think you have to, of all the guys on their roster right now, make him your nucleus. Like Ben Simmons is just not enough of an offensive threat to be the best player on a championship basketball team. Spice Harris is a nice piece. Jimmy Butler is probably not going to be there. Uh, so I think you have to make Joel your guy, whether you want to or not, or whether you're confident in that or not. But yeah, I mean, if I'm the Sixers GM, do I give him the money? Yes. Am I scared as hell about it? Absolutely. Yeah. You can't not max this guy in the same you way that you can't. Max guy. It's a generational talent. Yeah, exactly. In the same way that you can't not max Ben Simmons, regardless of what his jump shot looks like, because he'll go to a team that will max him. That's the thing. And, dude, we've been watching basketball our whole lives. And, and, and I know with talking to you versus all my friends that watch basketball, you watch as many players as me because you recognize all the weird random names that I know. Like, how many guys have you seen with Ben Simmons' size and that athleticism and that vision and that passing ability? Like, None. Yeah. Like LeBron? There's not a one. Yeah, like, like, and he's taller than LeBron. He's taller than LeBron, yeah, exactly. I almost said Magic Johnson, but he's taller than Magic Johnson. Yeah. And to be honest with you, dude, when I watch him play, I'm like, that guy's seeing stuff that that LeBron was seeing. Like, his court vision is just as good as LeBron's court vision was in his third year. Absolutely, 100%. And his passing ability, his natural passing ability in ball handling is probably better than LeBron's. Yeah, he's not as good a scorer as LeBron was. I think in his third year, LeBron was averaging more than 25. Ben Simmons averaged 20 over the um, course of the regular season. But I don't, you've, we've never seen a player like him. Wow. I was just watching the surrounding and that ball, the ball movement is just terrific on their team. That's, that's what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I think you max Ben Simmons as well and build a team around them too and it's probably involving other people besides jj reddick tobias harris and jimmy butler quite frankly because yeah. you know jj reddick's on his second one-year deal in a row with him uh, he's you know kind of in the definitely in the uh, back end of his career jimmy butler i, I think we all agree he's not going to be there because i think some team will pay him more than philly can't probably can i've looked the books or is willing to and yeah. tobias harris is a free agent as well so i think the team looks a lot different in a few years but those are definitely the guys you build around and uh, even though I think we are both in agreement that Joel Embiid's the more talented player, the higher ceiling, I actually have le less concern about Ben Simmons. I have more concern about Joel Embiid than Ben Simmons because I trust Ben Simmons' health. And, like, he's always going to be able to rebound, dunk, pass 75 to 80 times a year for yeah. you. Next year, Jimmy Butler has a player option, so they could opt in there. Or he could opt in there. 25 um, or? 19. So not yeah. bad. So he's not opting in. Yeah. No. Um, but they have Ben deal. Simmons. That's a great deal for the Sixers. But I don't. I think Jimmy will get more elsewhere. For take. sure. For sure. And Ben Simmons is still on the books for eight million. That's his last year of his rookie contract. Um, they have Joel Embiid on the books for twenty-seven mil. Overall, only sixty-seven million. So they do have enough room to sign a max player. 
Um, even if they do, even if they do uh, go ahead and take Jimmy Butler. The problem, though, that, that I have with Philly and why they're not built to win the championship, even though they're arguably the second best starting five in the league, is because they're a hodgepodge of play of great players thrown together. Right. They're not, they're not built to accent one player like Golden State is or to like and have these these the ringer actually described uh Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and I really like the way they described it. They said they called them hyper role players or hyper right. uh, and I had never thought of that. Those two like Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, they're superstars, but the reason why they work so well together is because they, they can role. be fifty feet from each other and still score, right? At yeah. any time. So you don't have players like that on the 76ers and you don't have these players that are built to work within a system that revolves around one to two players. You just have a hodgepodge of talent thrown together and hope that it works. Yep. That's exactly right. Where, where does Jimmy Butler sit in your eyes in terms of like top players in the league, top 15, top 20, top 25? I could probably name 15 people that I would take. Uh, I would, I could for sure name 10 people that I would take on my he's team. Top, he's top 20, right? Oh, for sure. He's top 20. Like, I think a lot of people put him lower than that because of the attitude problems. But, I mean, he he can create his own shot and he's an elite defender. I mean, that's – how many people can you say that about? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, this team also has three elite defenders on it, but then two defenders that are just so bad. And they don't have yeah, anybody coming talk, off the bench. You've talked about this. You, have to, you really have to hide J.J. Reddick, like – and Tobias I'm Harris, too. I'm convinced I could probably guard an NBA point guard the same quality as J.J. Reddick. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, you you have to do too much hiding. They're they're taking it to the, the Raptors as we speak. Um, the Raptors, like I was telling you previously, the pace of play this year in the NBA is 110 uh, possessions per 48 minutes. These guys, if the Raptors want to win these games and want to win this series, they're going to have to hold it below 100 to – uh, 100 possessions per 48 minutes to win this series. They can't, right. they can't, as they did in game one. Yeah, exactly. They can't get out and run. So um, we'll see how it looks moving forward. But let's hop over to that Denver Denver matchup. What have you think, thought so far? Yeah, I mean, that's it, – it's it, they are who they we thought they were, right? Like, I mean, it's a hard series to predict. I think that's going to be the case for Denver no matter what, unless they're playing Golden State or Houston. But – Honestly, I, I see – I picked Portland at six. I see Portland coming out of this series. I felt a little nervous after game one, and Jokic's performance in game one was incredible. Um, he was great last night, too, with the passing. I mean, he's just such a good passer. Uh, but you called it. CJ McCollum's the X factor, and uh, he's, he's averaging probably around 25 points, as you project, predicted. And, you know, he just gives them a second option that's so reliable – and that's exactly what Denver's missing, right? Like, you can't rely on Jamal Murray at this point in his career to be your number two guy consistently. So, for that reason, I, I think Portland comes out of it. But it's been a relatively entertaining series. It's just kind of getting overshadowed because all these – the other three series are just so star-studded. Yeah, dude. Jokic is, uh, Jokic is playing out of his mind. This series, he's averaging 27 points um, on 50% for the – 51% from the field, 50% from the three-point line, mm-hmm. 11 boards a game and seven re- or seven assists a game, all while averaging uh, only two turnovers a game. So that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. You should that's- get like one, credit for 1.5 assists for, per his passes because they're so beautiful. I know it's a very Jeff Van Gundy thing to say, but <laughs> dude, he, some of the dimes he drops are just, I mean. Also, how many hockey better? assists that he has, has, does he have? Like yeah. seven first. Yeah, one timers. Right, exactly. Can make assists, but then like seven footers can't see the court in regards to. I know that if I pass it to this guy, the defense is going to suck over to him, and he's going to be able to make one more pass and have a shot. Jokic does that, which is like it's like having a point guard. And I, I was, I was really messing with you at the um at work today, but I skyped you and said, Jokic or LeBron, age eighteen, who you taking? (laughs) Yeah, I was like. The fuck is Josh? Is Josh? <laughs> is he drinking before work? No, um, but dude, honestly, I I saw a stat that said that the only two players ever in the second round of the playoffs or later to average thirty points, um, ten assists, and ten rebounds per forty eight possessions are Nikola Jokic and LeBron James. 
people have done it in the first round. Like Russell Westbrook has done it, but he's never gotten out of the first round doing it, you know, but to win and not be in a situation where you're hogging the ball, your usage rate is way too high. Right. To have two turnovers per game in regards to that. We've never seen that before, especially from a big. Imagine if he had stars around him. Like, yeah. You know, imagine if he had elite elite scores around him. Like, so Jamal Murray's a nice piece. I really like Jamal's Murray, Jamal Murray's game. But like I said, a few podcasts ago, I could see him. He's still young. He's still young, so I'll still give him the benefit of the doubt. Don't want to jump to conclusions, but definitely has that that Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford kind of syndrome written all over him, where he can just kill you one game, but he's only going to do it every seven games or something. Yeah. Um... I do, I do still believe CJ McCollum is the X factor. He feels like he's doing a lot better than he is, but he's only averaging 18 points a game. Oh, um, really? I, yeah, I did is, say is that. Is he... the X factor? Because that dude is freaking going off. He's making, he's, he's making himself some money is what he's doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jokic is going off on him too. He's scoring, like, which is what – like he was perfect in the sixth man role because he can come off the bench and bring scoring, right? Right. But he can't guard Jokic, and he's – I've seen multiple plays where – Den or Portland is doing what Oklahoma City should have been doing and that they're putting him in the pick and roll and he can't guard that or in the pick and pop. Like if he gets stuck back in the lane and they just pop it out to Jokic, he can't even yep. try to close out on that guy. No so chance. And Jokic is hitting threes. I mean, you gave me that stat the other day. Doesn't Jokic have more threes than Kyrie? Yeah. That's crazy. No, uh, no, that was Giannis has more threes than Kyrie in this series. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Jokic definitely has one. He might have more threes than both of them. That dude's been pulling. Dude, he has. He's shooting 50% from the three-point line this series. Yeah, he's shooting it well. And it's so weird when he shoots it because he's so big. It's He, like, barely – he jumps, like, three inches off the ground when he shoots it. He has <laughs> such a strange, like, basketball player build. Like, kind of a little gut, like, no arms. He's, like, overweight but skinny arms. Yeah, that's – move like a ballerina. That's a very that's, strange build. Not a basketball build, man. They have him listed at seven foot two two fifty. I would pay you a million dollars if he weighed in under two hundred eighty, dude. That yeah. guy is not two fifty. No, that guy, that boy's heavy. Yeah, it cracks me up though because he looks like. I mean, obviously, he he's a younger guy because he hasn't been on the scene that long. But in my head, he's like thirty because he looks forty. He's twenty. <laughs> he's twenty four, dude. It's like wait. Like three to, f- I'm like almost four years older than that guy. Born in 1995. That'll make you feel I'm, bad. I am four years older than the guy. Like, holy shit. That is crazy. Yeah. Well, I, and I also realized the other day that I'm older than Kyrie Irving, which is really freaking weird, too, because Kyrie's just been, you know, really good since we were, what, 20? Yeah. He was like 19 20. when he came into the league. Yeah. I try not to look at, look at, uh, ages anymore because like I, I watched Russell Westbrook and know like he's on his way out as far as athleticism goes and he's a year older than me and I'm like oh man I try not to look at that anymore yeah, I wonder if there's anybody in the league yet that's born in 2000 that's really weird I bet Aaron Gordon Aaron Gordon's like no it'd have to be somebody bo- drafted this this coming year for sure like I'm sure that's Zion or somebody that was like just an early birthday in last year's draft but that, it's just crazy to me that that's the to the point we're at but uh with the portland series definitely feels like you know portland going home with the momentum is going to be big we've talked about how good their home crowd is and it wouldn't surprise me if they go back to denver 3-1 yeah i, I think i took portland here in six i think i'm that's my pick right now do you remember did i say portland in six i'm so bad at keeping up with my yeah i think we, we both said Port, portland in six uh yeah. I, Justin had Portland at five. He is not on the Denver train at all. No. Uh, I, uh, we had a lot of the similar, similar where we differed, where I'm going to be wrong, is I, I picked Toronto in five, which is <laughs> yeah. really bad, which is going to be mathematically impossible if they lose this game. Uh, but our biggest difference was you had Milwaukee in seven, and Justin and I had Boston in six. So it was a, different, six. a different number of games. Which we will definitely get to that because – Yeah, I'm a lot less confident in that answer now. That – that game might have shown me that Milwaukee can win in six. I'll tell you why. Not because of the blowout. I could care less. It's one game. And at the end of the day, Boston's going home with a win that happened on their home court. They're going home with a series tied, which is what you want. That's exactly what you want. Right. But there were some adjustments made that made me think, wow, Coach Bud has matured. He's actually making adjustments and they're working. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about that chess game and then what I think the next moves will have to be for Boston in order to get away from that. 
So, um, what's the next series you want to move well, on? Well, I was gonna real quick with Portland though. I do yeah. have this question for you, and I guess Denver too, because Denver is a good young, really good young team. I mean, Jamal Murray and Jokic, their best player at twenty-one and twenty-four. I think we agree both those teams are really good. Yeah, going to be competitive, but they're not. They're not championship level, right? Like they're not on the level of. Milwaukee or Golden State or Houston and I understand those teams will probably get broken up because of contracts but they're just they're both like a player away who's that player for either of those teams and who, who do you think is closer like who do you think if you plug and play a max guy between Portland and Denver elevates them to a championship level so I think Denver's missing that piece that is that max score um, Portland already has those two max scores. Um, so they're not, you have to find a more niche player to plug into Portland, but right, I think, right. so you can't just plug and play a superstar into Portland. I don't think. No, you need a, you like need a, Denver. you need a big man. That's not necessarily just like your first scoring option. Yeah. You need a Clint Capella. That's not a cream puff. Hey, you need you Clint need. Capella. That's better than Clint Capella. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, do, do I fit who, who do I think is closer or who, who could make it happen easier? Um, Portland, because they need just, they just need a little bit more. Denver, however, is more ready for a superstar to be signed and just plug and play. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. That's, that's exactly how I feel. Uh, I really like how you worded that. Uh, cause we, we gotta remember too, Portland's doing this without Nurkic, right? Like, I mean that's a that's probably yep. their third best player, third or fourth best player, and I think if you plug in, player, player, yeah. plug in a, a fourth, uh, a number uh, four there, like a, uh, I can't think of some. Uh, I guess really like a Clint Capella, like a rim runner type player, uh, that's going to really elevate them. With Denver, hundred percent agree that they need a score because I don't think Jokic can necessarily be the number one option scoring wise he can be the best player and number number one scoring option on a championship team I agree. really really benefit from you know a guy maybe like chris middleton this summer and i think even though denver hasn't historically been a a real big attraction for free agents they haven't landed a lot of big fish i think they have a chance with with the packers that they can put together on a trade potentially for anthony davis and justin's hinted at that or just attracting someone for a sign because I, I was looking at their books. They're going to have money. Like, if you look at Hoopsite, they have money to spend. So, I'll be interested to see if they can land, land a free agent. But I just wonder what, what you thought about that because I feel like both those teams are just, like, in that tier, that second tier, and there's just nothing they could do to convince me that they're in that first year. Yeah, Denver's going to have to wait till 2020, 2020 to really be able to sign anybody because that's when – um, they lose that uh, $14 million Mason Plumlee and 30 oh, yeah. million of Paul Millsap. So yeah, actually, Paul I think that, 30. Ugh. That's, a, that's actually a team option. So they could waive that and get down to 90 million. They're currently at 121 million going into okay. 2019. But if they waive that, they get down to 90 million. You could go into the luxury tax with the signing. Honestly, if I'm Denver, I'm going after Kemba Walker. I'm waving yeah. Millsap and yeah, going you wave Millsap. I think that's a no-brainer because Millsap's a heck of a player and he's playing really well for them. Yeah, but he's, he's not, not thirty million dollars. No, that's a super max. He's a he's a fourteen fifteen million dollar guy. He's gonna get you sixteen and eight. Play decent defense. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, you, so, I yeah, I was looking at that with the assumption you wave him, right? Like mm -hmm. that's such a bad deal. Though, the more I look at it, but maybe not not the time it was given. Yeah, but, and, and if you look, could even. If you don't get Kemba, you could get away with signing Julius Randle for $15 million. That would make them better. That'd That's be a huge guy that I've been thinking. Because I do this to myself where I'm like, okay, there's always these like – I think I do this because I'm a Mavs fan. I know we're never going to get the, like the top-tier free agent. So I'm always looking at these like $15 million guys. I'm like, oh, he'd be nice to add on our team. <laughs> where does he fit in well? Like I don't right. even consider guys like KD or Kyrie because it's not real to me because we'll never get them. Uh, but there is there's a lot of rumors surface in that the Mavs are, you know, actively pursuing Middleton uh, and Kimball Walker in the offseason, which definitely prefer Middleton because we need D's and three, and we need somebody that's not going to take the ball out of Luka's hand. But if it's Kimba or no Kimba, I'll take Kimba. <laughs> you yeah. got three guys. If KP's back to his normal self or close to it, you got three guys that can go for 25-plus. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I – to be honest with you, I would rather have a D and three guy than than Kemba on the Mavericks. Mavericks are going to be. I saw some. Do what? No, I would. I, you're saying you'd rather have a D and three guy for sure. 
Yeah, exactly. I would rather have that than a, than another score. You're never going to be hurting for scoring as long as Porzingis stays healthy. And he's a good um, he's a good rim protector. But you can't have in today's day and age, it's going to be ugly to have two people on the court that you can't actually switch, right? And that's what you have already. So if you add another third person that can't switch, like Kemba Walker, or doesn't play great defense, I think that almost like the scoring's nice, but I think that almost puts you at a more more of a disadvantage. Well, it just puts you at a, at a place where it's like where you're going to try to outscore everyone. You, you become the 2000 Suns. Yeah. You know, but it's still, I mean, like I said, I totally agree with that from a basketball analysis standpoint, but I still want Kimball Walker. <laughs> you can have Kimball Walker. Like, I still want three All-Stars on my team if I can have three All-Stars on my team. But I agree Middleton makes way more sense. Clay would be the best fit, but there's no fucking way he's leaving California. Dude, honestly, he can't. Clay, he cannot spend ten million dollars a week unless he lives in California. <laughs> so it's it's just basically a no brainer. Yeah, Clay and and Chris Middleton might be the two best prospects in the same off season that I've ever seen as far as being able to pick somebody up and just throw them in the system. Because he they fit on twenty nine or what thirty really? I guess thirty teams. Yeah, all yeah, exactly. really well. Mm-hmm. They both a, play great, great defense. They both shoot the lights out. Um, both can get their own shot. Like they're they're the two they're the two prototypes that you want to put your team over the edge and into a super, into a championship level. Exactly. Well, I'll, I'll stop fantasizing about what the Mavericks will do since they probably won't do any of that. And uh, Jay Max been gracious enough to uh, bless us with his presence here. We've already uh, we've already weighed in on Philly, Toronto, and Denver, Portland. We wanted to okay. save some some Boston, Milwaukee talk, and of course the Golden State, Houston. Oh, yeah. How's it going, guys? Good, man. Good. Uh, how's the how's the dog situation first before we jump into oh, the dude? Dog situation's a little stressful. He's uh, still kind of adjusting, but we're getting there. It's one kind of day at a time right now. It's kind of like having a, a kid, but yeah. he'll get uh, get all settled here soon. So it's be- a lot better today than it was yesterday. So your house all carpet? You got a lot of tile? What's that situation? Yeah, like? t- tile all downstairs, carpet mostly the rest. Um, okay. He hasn't really had any accidents other than I dropped a coffee cup the other day and he pissed himself. But I mean, I nearly pissed myself when that happened. So <laughs> I don't think, I think I we really... all we, I think we all would have nearly pissed ourselves. That's, that's probably a bonding that's experience Yeah, that's, that's not a him thing, I don't think. <laughs> Justin just pisses himself so he feels at home so that so he doesn't feel embarrassed. I mean, <laughs> duh. That's probably a bonding experience for you two. Absolutely. Both yourself at the same time. Absolutely. Well, I've been watching the hell out of playoff basketball and hockey. That's for sure. So, um, dude, the hockey's been great too. We were just talking about that. As much as I love having two games a night, it's nice that basketball will be over at nine forty tonight man, Central. You're not kidding. You are not Those, kidding. The West Coast games just get get brutal when you're on Central Time. I can't imagine being on the East Coast. Like the game starts at like ten four ten thirty. Yeah, ten forty five. Like, what the, do you have jobs? A buddy of mine yeah. was. Uh, saying that he uh he lives in new york and he was saying that he didn't even go to bed till like one just because yeah it was over by sure. midnight you know what uh, they're all pissed off all the time yeah true it's the, it's the freaking nba schedule man <laughs> it has nothing to do with the weather and the outrageous cost of living but mm. what what are you seeing in the boston series justin we me and you were both talking that shit after game one called boston and six milwaukee uh, josh stayed with his milwaukee in seven um he's been high on the bucks all year and you have two but he's definitely been been really high on the bucks and Giannis. Sure. i mean uh danny Ainge just had a heart attack so i mean he's yeah, gonna come no shit. he's gonna come fucking <laughs> roaring back i'm sure i mean you know do one for danny i think it's gonna be the slogan there um i feel like they punched him in the mouth in the first game and i don't think anybody saw that coming and we knew that milwaukee was mostly going to equalize in the second game I didn't yeah. see them going on a 28-2 to two run in the third quarter. No, I did not see that. But, I mean, that's too good of a team to lose two games at home. That's Absolutely. Just, and and further a- than that, I mean, I still think that, I mean, Boston's favored by two in this next game, which is interesting. So, I think that they anticipate. Yeah, they haven't been particularly good at home this year. They ha- they've been kind of mediocre. But the thing is, yeah. I feel like, uh, the, I mean, the thing is, Milwaukee shot 46% overall last game they're not going to continue to do that now Giannis is going to well, continue to do his thing but like it's going to even up a little bit that's what Vegas is thinking here yeah I mean 46 is damn good from the field but right Milwaukee is a good shooting team so they're definitely capable of doing it again but 
I, I everything in me thinks it's just going to be two two after after these two games. Like it just yeah. feels like they'll split. It's going to be but, a good old fashioned snake fight, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that it's going to take for Boston to win this series. Though, what it's going to take is either Giannis to just not perform well, or Kyrie to just go. 2016 playoff Kyrie and just go nuts yeah no doubt about it they need one of the two factors it just everything needs to continue to accelerate the right way but I mean Kyrie can't go four for 27 no he can't yeah (laughs) cannot do that can't happen I just saw too that Brogdon will be out again game three you know there's rumors that he was going to be healthy for this series and then it was like okay he's not gonna play game one not game two he'll probably be good to go game three he's out game three so that's, I mean, that's a big deal because that's a body you throw at Kyrie. It's a body you throw. He can guard Kyrie, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, or Gordon Hayward. For sure. Uh, right now, the as things are, there's no bigger fan of the Sixers winning this Toronto series than I because I do not want to deal with Pascal Siakam and fucking Kawhi yeah. in the Eastern Conference Finals if that were to, you know, materialize. Yeah, I don't know how don't, worry. don't worry, you won't have to. Okay. Um. I, I don't, I, I, let's not get started on your takes. We'll get there in okay. a little bit for sure. Okay. I want to talk about the Bucks. <laughs> I want to. I want to hear you talk about the Bucks. Okay. Uh, let me know whenever you guys are ready. No, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. So, a couple things. Like Boston was the best defensive team in the league throughout the entire throughout the entire uh, regular season, right? Um. So they. Ca- I think that really came out and shocked shocked Milwaukee. They weren't expecting it. Um, Milwaukee also played them really bad and Boston really attacked that. I'll tell you why here in a minute, but first we're going to look at a couple stats. Um, Milwaukee in a game that looked much more like the real Milwaukee Bucks to me in this last game shot 44% from the field over the, over the course of the regular season, they shot 47% from the field. Yes. So I don't think that there's any issue with them even getting better with shooting, uh, moving forward. Here's what the issue that Milwaukee had whenever they first started playing them. Milwaukee defends the pick and roll by, Depending upon who the uh, who the ball handler is, they'll either have one person going over the screen. Like if it's Kyrie, they're going to go over that screen and try and take that three-point shot away from him and force him into the paint. And they're going to drop back Brook Lopez into the paint and wait at the rim. So they're trying to force you into the mid-range game. Yeah. Boston's yeah. or Kyrie's really good at shooting those floaters in the mid-range game. So what happened was I, I said previously that Milwaukee in seven, um, if Bud can, can adjust – Boston in six, if he does what he's always done and just doesn't adjust at all, he made a huge adjustment. Um, he changed the changed the way that they defended the pick and roll. He actually made him switch, and Kyrie was shocked by that because for some reason Boston kept bringing whoever Middleton was guarding to set the pick and roll, and then Kyrie would have Middleton guarding him on the switch, which is the best, besides maybe Giannis, the best defensive player um, on that on that court. So that is what shut down Kyrie is that he had Middleton guarding him instead of Brooke Lopez sitting in the paint waiting for him. Yep. That's a big deal. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that the next thing that's going to happen, if, if I'm coach Bud, I'm really limiting Brooke Lopez's minutes. He was the only player besides Sterling Brown, who's the ninth guy off the bench that was negative in plus minus last, last game. So Miritich was plus 22. Giannis was plus 20. Chris Middleton was plus 25. Eric Bledsoe was plus 23. Brooke Lopez was minus 12. Yeah, dude. That's wild. That's, 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 that's a it's, huge discrepancy. Yeah, and it's because he can't switch. He can't keep up with no. – like Boston has too many too many uh, threats out there. So he still played 24 minutes, which is the game previously. He paid, played 22 minutes, 23 minutes. So if I'm Coach Bud, especially if Malcolm Brogdon comes back, I'm pulling back on Brooke Lopez's minutes. Yeah, I'm putting in Malcolm Brogdon more. If he comes back, it's rumored that he's coming back for Game Three, which is going to be big. Go a little me. smaller and have Brogdon in there. No, he's out Game Three. Make, oh, he's no, out he's Game Three. Game three. Okay, yeah. he's out Game Three, so maybe come back Game Four. Right. Um, but if Brogdon comes back, that really opens them up. But I'm trying to limit limit Brook Lopez's minutes and play Ilya Sova more. Connaughton got shredded. Um, yeah, so why is Connaughton on the? Fucking floor, like God. He can knock down a three. He can knock down a three. I would say the one thing that's going to help Boston, though, is the fact that it looks like Marcus Smart's not too far from being back. Yeah, that's the other thing. Exactly. Brogdon or a a bit of a wash. Yeah, exactly. 
So here's what's going to have to, here's how the, the chess match is going to move, move going forward or how it should move going forward. Brad Stevens is going to have to say, okay, on those switches, if we're, we can't bring the person that Chris Middleton is guarding, we have to either bring the person that Miritich is guarding. We can't really bring Eric Bledsoe to us. He's a great defender as well. I want Car- Kyrie to either be isoing against Miritich or a content or Ilyasova. He has to choose the right guy for, for Kyrie to, to ISO, right? Right. Kyrie is going to have to do a lot in the ISO game or anybody that's moving the ball. So here, the way that the chess match should progress is this next game, you're going to see Miritich come up and, or the person that Miritich is guarding come up and set screens for Kyrie. The person that Ilyasova is guarding come up and set screens for Kyrie. If Brooke Lopez is on the four, make that happen. And then what's going to happen is Bud's going to start doubling the, the pick and roll guy and making it get it, making Kyrie get the ball out of his hands. So that's how it should progress. If both of them adjust the way that they should, that I think they should, they're both way smarter than me. We'll probably make different adjustments that I don't see, but that's, that's what you should look for as, as a watcher is this is the kind of the textbook of how to fight against the way that they're changing things. Yeah. I think, man, I think if they get healthy and they can run that, the lineup out of Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton, Miritich, Giannis, that's their, that's their best chance of winning. For sure. For sure. You hide Miritich on somebody that's, uh, that's going to, not be able to score. Al Horford um, can't really score as well as people think he can. Dude, he's, I mean, he's scoring against Brooke Lopez. That was the problem is that he just yeah, never picked exactly. a pop and drill that three. What, but, maybe, um, maybe even Marcus Morris there, though. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah, just let Marcus Morris shoot threes. He'll Because he'll pull them and he'll fucking miss them. Dude. Defensively, they're going to stop building the, or building the wall against Giannis. Because Giannis yeah. tore that up that last right, game. He only shot. Yeah. Right. So what you're going to see is... Giannis only averaged 20 or only scored 29 points this last game shot two or four from the three-point line 46 percent from the field he had only four assists but he had like 20 hockey assists from them him kicking the ball out on on the fast break and then them moving the ball around the court he assisted the assist yeah that, that's a yeah a hockey assist assist the assist um so what what has to end up happening is Boston has got to keep them from running because that's when they have to set up the walls when Giannis is running out in the open court. So Boston has to either slow it down or make their shots. But they've got to find a way to, to stop Giannis from running. They have to find a way to beat that switch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's my, here, go ahead, Justin. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, here's my Giannis take. I'm already taking back he's the best player in the world. I've made that proclamation, what, nine, ten days ago, maybe two weeks ago when we uh, did the uh, MVPs, and I'm taking that back. We'll we'll get to it on the next series. But I I need I have to see Giannis get out of the second round. Like You asked me at the beginning of the playoffs, Josh, what I need to see. If they don't get out of the second round, I'm just – I'm giving up faith on that team and him winning a championship. I told Josh today that Giannis is the next Carl Malone. He's going to have just these – outrageous numbers and maybe get to a finals, but he'll never win one. And I don't know why I said, so I said that about Chris Paul when he was like three years in the league, I was like, Chris Paul will, will never win a championship. I don't know why he just won't. And he hasn't. But is that, I mean, to, I, I get what you're saying. Is that team really built for him though? Uh, I think it's built for him, but I think that he would need a better team or a different situation to win a championship. I think Josh feels pretty confident he can win one in Milwaukee um, with the right pieces around him. But I don't think he's going to stay there after his after his deal's up. But it just has that vibe to me. I don't know. Like, I don't have a lot of – like, this is just kind of an intuition type thing. There's sure. just certain guys that I don't think are going to win championships, and I'm almost always right about that. Uh, sure. And I don't know, like – he Giannis looked great last game. Don't get me wrong. And like everybody's gonna have a bad playoff game, but this Bucks team—they're not winning the championship. That's all. That's how I feel after after watching them play two games in the series. Almost certainly not. All I know so is I, I bet you Toronto is ready for Drake to get off the goddamn court. Yeah, <laughs> God. Ryan Russell said the funniest thing the other day. He's like. Kyrie doesn't even want to be in, in Toronto. He doesn't know what's going on there. He's like, who's this Puerto Rican guy that never sits down? <laughs> I heard that too. Oh, fucking great. But yeah, Drake is just like, he does not, he just stands the entire game. Well, dude, he's a terrible omen for teams that he's apparently a fan of. Remember the whole Kentucky, the Kentucky debacle, whatever they're in the, the final four. Yeah. He was dressed up in Kentucky shit and they lost. Yeah. Like, uh, that dude. 
Yeah, that was bad. The Toronto Maple Leafs thing was bad the other night. Whenever I saw him in <laughs> yeah. game four against the Bruins, I was like, oh, we got this on lock. This, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, but I just, I feel like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like Giannis is, it, it seems like he has the right pieces around him, but it also feels like something's missing. I just don't know what that really is. He's also really young, too. Age. True. Yeah. Age. Um, they don't. I mean, it's it's easy to look at that team. That team would win a championship like five out of the last ten years prior to the Warriors. To be honest with you, that team is really good. Um, but you have like the reason why a lot of times you feel like something's missing. Do you missing think is because that though? Real yeah, quick though, yeah. Like they're not beating any of those Heat or Spurs teams that yeah, went. So not. They would beat Detroit. Well, um, the the Ben Wallace fifteen the ben years Wallace team. Yeah, I think that they would beat the last Spurs team. They would beat the Mavericks. They would beat... Dude, I don't know. No one else is beating the Mavericks in that series as hot as those guys were in that series. They were, they were Dude, super yeah. hot. They were a better team than the Mavericks. They're a better team than the Mavericks. They're a better oh, yeah. team than the Mavericks. The Mavericks yeah, so were traded. the fucking heat, though. The Mavericks yeah, that's true. So, the- I don't know, man. I'm just saying, like, maybe they beat the 2016 Cavs. Maybe. But yeah, I think that I think they definitely beat the Cavs. I don't, I don't Cavs. think they beat any of the Warriors teams. I don't think they beat either the Miami teams or the San Antonio team. I so we're talking. That. I guess they, they before the Warriors. Beat. We're talking 2005 to 2015. So uh, I I think the Pistons might have been 2004. Yeah, yeah. 2004. yeah that so feels right. That yeah. that is a Spurs dynasty that's there. Uh, yeah, Celtics and Lakers teams. I don't know. I mean, you guys as good as freaking. I think you'd beat. I think they'd beat the Kobe Lakers teams. Not Ooh. teams. I would think they would beat the last Kobe Laker team. I don't know, man. Yeah, the, the last Pau one. Yeah, <laughs> the last one probably, but not. Pretty sure that Giannis could handle Pogasol. And then I don't know, dude. This team is so good defensive. Like you, it's not like a. How do you deal with Pogasol? Where you throw one guy on him, and then oh yeah, well then what you do with Kobe? Well, you throw the other, the other all NBA defensive player on him. You know this. I just – honestly, I don't think this team is better than what I thought they were going in. But after watching Golden Golden State – and hear me out on this because I know this is going to sound crazy. After watching Golden State play with Houston and seeing their rotations and their minutes, I think the Golden State's not as good as we thought they were. I think mm. you think that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I that's, that's why I said – that's why I started the statement with I think Golden yeah. State's not as good as we thought they were. Yeah, but you, you were very Kevin nice Green. to rope we in there pretty pretty quickly. <laughs> No, as good as we we thought they were. Like, the, yeah, the collective okay. we. Okay. All right. Yeah. I dude, thought Patrick you were... Siakam's about to get tossed out of this game, dude. He just yeah. tripped the shit out of you. Did you see that? Yeah, he did. I saw Damn, it. Was exactly. cheap, man. I turned oh, it off. Flagrant, flagrant one. That's not bad. Yeah. Ke- Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. That's dude, Durant oh, is there a possi- the best player in the world. Yeah. Is, is it possible that we're looking at a top 10 player? We just don't know it yet. Of all time? Of all yeah. time? For sure. Yeah. He's already, Kevin Durant... If, He's probably top. He's definitely top twenty all time. He's, he's probably top, top fifteen. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna I do mean, that this summer. It's, I don't... it's conceivable that Kevin Durant could finish as a top four, top four player. Yeah. So yeah, I I think that he definitely has top ten talent, but I don't think the history is gonna look on look at him as a top ten player. I don't know, man. So, I strong disagree. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> he's not... he's like top fifteen in scoring almost already, and he's. Clearly not slowing down. He has four scoring titles, an MVP, two finals MVPs, two rings. We'll probably get three and a third finals MVP. And like 10 All-Stars in 11 years. I mean, that's – I mean, he's in a better spot 11 years in than almost anybody. He hasn't finished in the top five in MVP voting since he went to the Warriors. So? That, so that, that's why what, do that's people what hold I mean. that against like, him? People. Because that's what I'm that because that's what I mean is that people don't value him anymore, and that's why he won't history won't see him as a top ten player that because is, people don't value what he's done. Absolutely untrue. I mean, it's true, dude. No, look at the MVP not. voting. He hasn't finished in the top five in the MVP voting since he went to the Warriors. But that's I'm, just MVP. That's just that's one hundred percent based upon how people view him. I've got him like it's, probably it's the top. AP votes. I've got him probably top 12, 13 players of all time right now. Yeah. Sure, that, that doesn't mean that history is going to look at him that way. Like, it, like we have literal, like, records of how people view him. And he's been, he's been a top five player these past, these past three years. But people don't vote him that way. I'm not saying that he won't be. I think that he is. I think he's a top ten player of all time right now. But, but I mean, I'm not going to view him like that. 
Kobe Kobe has won MVP. I mean, and sure. Kevin Durant has won MVP. I mean, yeah. people. I'm just saying, legacies are submitted by in basketball by rings, MVPs, Finals MVPs, and scoring titles, things of that nature. And where you maybe stack up if you're like an all-time scorer, all-time rebounder, or whatever. It's not how many top five MVP votes did you have. Like I get what you're saying. Like people aren't giving him the credit that he probably deserves, and that's gonna, you know. Hurt, hurt his perception 20 years down the road. They're going to, I mean, it's going to continue to happen because he's going to go to New York this summer or wherever he goes and he's not going to win championships there like he did with the sure. Warriors. And everybody's just going to say, Stephen Clay and Draymond Green, he was on the best team of all time. But if, like, he, he'll retires, be that guy. if he retires, and he can win MVP in New York if he averages 30 points on a, yeah, he could on a team. So he if could. he finishes his career with, let's just say one MVP, but three finals, three finals MVPs, 15 all star appearances. Seven first time first team All NBA, five second team All NBA, like six scoring titles, and he's the second greatest scorer of all time, third greatest scorer of all time. There's no way people aren't going to consider him a top ten player. Strong agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't think that he's ever going to be considered considered as good as what he is right now. Okay. He's got this- that's that's a different statement. That's yes. fair. For sure. That's fair because he could be the second greatest player of all time, and people will say he's the seventh. Right now, yeah. he's 11th in, in points scored all time. Wow. And he, what, just turned 30? Yep. In front of him is Dwayne yeah. Wade, Tony Parker, Parker, Jerry West, Carl Malone. He'll probably pass all of those. Sure. Almost certainly. I mean, he's scoring you know, 2,000 points a season. Yeah. Uh, and he he's, can do that for another five years conceivably. So if you, where's he at right now, total points? He ballpark. is at, let's see, 30... 30, uh, 3,930. Wait, total points? Yeah. For his career? Yeah. No. That's what this top score list of all time says on NBA. No, not, not 3,000. Let's see. It's oh, it's tw- filtered to playoffs. That's why. Hold okay, on. there we go. There Regular we go. Season. My bad, my fault, my fault. I was like, is he really 11th all time? I thought he was more like 20th all time. But I think you could easily look at wherever he's at right now and say he's going to score 10,000 more points dude, very easily. Dude, real quick, what a bullshit filter to automatically go to when you go to the NBA's <laughs> website, right? Like, talk about... They know, you're, they know you're doing the podcast, man. Dude, bunch of assholes. I can't even find the playoff stats without, like, Googling for five minutes. <laughs> That's so what I'm saying. Yeah, I just <laughs> dumbed into it. All right, anyway, sorry. Back to it. Yeah, so I, I agree that he's Kevin Durant's the best player in the league right now. Um, and watching watching him play, he's honestly carrying that Warriors team because Steph's not playing the way that he should be. Draymond's Draymond's playing really, really well, but he can't he can't make Score. a team by himself. Yeah. Um Clay's playing okay, but Kevin Durant's carrying that Warriors team. You know who else has been really good is Iggy. Iggy's been nice, man. He Iggy has the most dunks in the NBA or in the playoffs right now. Is he shooting like thirty-five-eight percent or something from the, from the uh, field in that series? Yeah, he's playing out of his mind. Um, but where do you go after those guys? Like, what do you do after those guys? What do you mean? Like, well, who's their fifth? Who's their sixth person off the bench? Yeah, Livingston still. Honestly, dude, he's not gonna he's not gonna help scoring wise. Looney's defense has been nice. Like, I think they're realizing, sure. okay, we got to play this guy over Bogut. He's just so much more athletic and younger. Their bench is minus minus forty two through the Houston Rockets series. It doesn't matter. They're still it winning. It doesn't the matter series. though, man. It really doesn't like it, it does. It's Houston, gonna matter later on in the playoffs. Houston like, if, doesn't, if you can't rely okay. on your bench to even keep it even, it, like that matters. No, you're saying it's later like, in the playoffs. It's you not like say- Houston has this awesome bench either. Their bench is minus forty two against a de- depleted Houston bench. Dude, but you're he- saying later in the playoffs, because I don't think it matters in this series. Houston no. doesn't look like they believe they could win like they looked like they believed they could win last year. Dude, watching, I mean, we- watching Houston basketball is the most boring thing in the world, by the way. Terrible. It's, it's so terrible. terrible. They're going to have to like, – w- w- this is Chris- a bigger conversation for like the, the offseason, but they're going to have to do something about the way things go right now so teams don't morph into looking for those efficient shots like he does – like Harden does because like I get why he does it. It makes sense, but it's so terrible to watch. There's it no is. finesse. It's like it's Harden. It's Harden dribbling between his legs for nine seconds, passing it to Chris Paul, who dribbles between his legs for nine seconds, and then takes a shot or makes a one-time pass, and then or vice versa. Like that's all it is. They're just looking at the I, analytics of the on the court to see where the best shots are. That's all they're doing. <laughs> it's fucking boring. It's terrible. They just had earpieces in and Daryl Morey's just yelling at them of where to shoot. <laughs> left, left, left. I, 
I think I think this series is is over in six at, at best, uh, probably five. Same. So so last year, Warriors won the first game at home, um, beat them by thirteen. Um, then Houston came out and beat them one twenty seven to one hundred five. But game three, going going back to uh, or actually, excuse me, this is backwards because the Rockets were a one seed last year. Warriors won the first game in Houston. 119 to 106. Then the Rockets came back and won. Going home, Warriors beat them 126 to 85 on the first time going home. And then after that, Rockets stole Game Four um, in in Golden State, 95 to 92. I don't. This series started off in in Golden State. Like you're supposed to win your two games at home. Neither of them were. That second one was kind of closer to a blowout, but the first one, to me. I'm almost feeling the good with the if I'm the Rockets, except for the whole ref thing, which we can talk about that in a minute. Um, but I don't think it's that big. People are talking about is this series over, dude? I don't. I honestly don't think it is. Like Warriors beat them by less than double digits in both games at home, and one game they were there. They were a missed James Harden three pointer away from tying the game at the end. Yeah, I mean it's a good point. I know you always say you're supposed to win at home, which is true. But and the Rockets don't have a great home court, so I'm not convinced they're gonna win both these games. I think they'll win I think they'll win game three, but I think they drop game four and that's where the series is over. But yeah, they won by single digits, which is, you know, I get where you're saying, hey, we're right here in the game. That's the Warriors though, man. They were in control of the game the whole time. They just let people get in it because they're back in it because they're bored and they're lazy, honestly, a lot of the times they'll make they have terrible turnovers. Yeah, which that's I, that, what that could worth end up being an issue, but Who's going to punish them for the turnovers? Because I don't think it's going to be the Rockets. It's definitely not going to be Denver or Portland. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on who comes out of the West or out of the East, right? Oh, like, man, I don't know, dude. I, I think I think every team that could come out of the East, team in the East, easy. Every team that comes out of the East, it runs eight people deep. Yeah, every they team are. that has a possibility to come out of the East runs eight people deep. The Warriors are playing Jarebko as their sixth man. That's true, but I mean nobody. Like, that's, has but shooters it's not like that. mattering. Is the point? The Bucks do. It's not. Bucks don't have shooters like the Warriors. The yeah, Warriors they, I mean, well, sure, sure. Like nobody in the history of the league has had shooters like the Warriors. I know, but everybody the Bucks, in the West. The Bucks made more threes this year than the Warriors. Sure. But so it's like it's like it's not like what you're playing some team like Oklahoma City versus the Warriors. Like Toronto knows how to knock down a three. Like all they have to do is spread them out. I get that the Warriors first five have four all-time Hall of Famers, right? I get that. Three all-time Hall of Famers. One pseudo-Hall of Famer. I get that they have that, but they are so – this is the most depleted Warriors team I've ever seen. We, ha- we have seen yeah, since 2015. 100%. This is the worst Warriors team that we've seen since 2015 too, since they won um, their first championship, before their first Since that team, since that yeah, team. So. I think this team's better than the 2015 team just because you didn't have KD. Dude, that team won 73 wins. It didn't matter, wins. though. They, that, was 20, that, was 20, that was 2016 team that lost LeBron. I'm talking about the year before that. Okay. Uh, that was oh, you're talking about their first championship? Okay. Younger, okay. Yeah. Just because he was MVP. KD's sure. just the X factor, bro. Like KD is the best player in the world. That was so my hot take. I told Justin I had a KD hot take, which is he's the best player in the world. And I think he'll average 30 a game for the entire playoffs, um, which if you look at the numbers has not been done by a lot of guys. And then my other hot take for Harden is I'm done giving excuses for him. I think this is who he is. He is not a playoff performer. He is not no. a crunch time guy. Neither is Chris Paul. That's a common yeah, trap that I people fall that. into. We've, yeah. known, we've been knowing that. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a common hard, trap that people I can only give you a pass like for four seasons, bro. Yeah. Like if you can't do it in four seasons, like you just can't do it. Right. Yeah. Um, Katie's not an X factor. He's their entire team. Like, so it's like dude, he's carrying. I mean, he's that's carrying. I don't know about Plus, that, dude. It's already getting chippy with that. War- like, did you? I don't know if you saw this, but Clint Cape- or not Clint Capella, Chris Paul put literally. Stuck his foot out underneath Clay Thompson whenever yeah, he was shooting. Chris dirty Did you see that? Yeah. It was like it was like it wasn't even jumping into him. He was standing there in front of him. He put his hand up and then stuck his foot out underneath him. Chris like, Paul's the kid at the. I bedroom. would be surprised if somebody didn't come out of this series hurt. Yeah, I think I was gonna say someone's gonna definitely get hurt. But Chris Paul's the guy at the playground that's like kind of the smaller kid, and if he gets called not go his way or gets pushed yeah. around a little bit, just takes it way too far and just hurts somebody. It's like, why the fuck are you even here? For sure. I yeah. hate that guy so much. But yeah, I mean, me yeah, too. 
Dude, the, James- thing, the thing that always kills me about him is everybody thinks he's the nice State Farm guy, but he punches people in the dick, That's too, clear. just like fucking Draymond does. Like, I don't know what why people think that, but they do. Yeah, dude, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, there Chris, are multiple- Chris Paul's a dirtier player than Draymond. No doubt about dude, it. Yeah, he's one of the dirtiest players in the league. There are multiple tweets from like 2015, 2016, where I was claiming that Chris Paul was the Antichrist because everybody <laughs> thinks he's so nice, but he's this just evil piece of shit. He's an asshole, like punching dude. people in the nuts and stuff. Yeah, like people don't like to talk about it, but that's very much true. And yeah. the, the other thing about him, like I always love Lakers fans that always talk about how they got so jipped by the league whenever they vetoed that trade to get to get him there. Uh, to the Lakers at the time, and it's like I hope people don't realize that was a good thing that happened for the Lakers. They just don't know it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, that, like, him and Kobe that never would have worked. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, but yeah, man, I'm tired of I'm tired of James Harden getting, you know, hey, he he had this wrong or that wrong or this guy was hurt and this was this situation that situation. I'm tired of excuses. Like he's what eight years in the league now, seven eight years. Yeah, and He's just been bad in the playoffs. Like, I don't have a pull-up in front of me. I don't know if you do, Josh, or if you can. I know you're an expert in navigating stats now. What is his field goal percentage for the series? I'd be really curious to know what that is. I'm guessing like 34. So I have his games up right now. I can. It's it's something like that. Yeah, Um, it's bad. So in his first game, he he scored 35 uh, and shot 32 percent from the field, and then 25 percent from the three-point line. Shot four for 16. Um, he did have, he did make 13 out of 14 free throws, which is a big deal. That's good. He only had six assists. Um, he held himself to four turnovers, which is, um, for a game one the shooting numbers for two and three games, two and three. Yeah. So that was the shooting numbers for games. Oh, okay. That was game one. Hold up. Yeah. It was every number from game one. I'm trying to keep up with the numbers. Are you just looking for the shooting? Yeah. I want to see that here. The shoot, the shooting percentage or just field goals attempted and made. Okay. Give me a second. Um, but this last game, dude, he couldn't see, like, I'm pretty positive that after that happened, I was trying to see Draymond Green's hand the entire time. Cause I was like, I know that guy has a cracked cocaine pinky fingernail it and was, I know he hit him in the eye with that. He, he looked like Bob Costas. That so jailhouse fingernail got him. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was looking for. But dude, he was, he was blind out there, which is crazy. He dropped 29 while he was blind. Yeah, everything um, he, in me wanted to say he's being a pussy, but that one actually looked. <laughs> dude, that was yeah. But everything was, he does just seems so like fraudulent and just just over dramatic. It's like, do I do I really believe he got hurt? And then I saw the replay. I'm like, okay. And then I saw his eye, and I'm like, yeah, he got hurt. He yeah, looked like so Bob Costas. And Philly Sochi. just busted this thing open, man. I just flipped it back. Yeah. For did. this series, he's averaging 32 points a game on 38, 30. Uh, 91 splits. Free throw is going to be always good. That's fine. Yeah. 38 yeah. 30 is terrible. That's terrible. For a That's guy horrible. that I gave the fucking MVP to. Like, we, we gave Giannis and Harden MVPs, and KD and Dame have been the best players in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. But I don't have a problem with giving it to Giannis. Um, he is, he's also average. He has a 1.0 turnover to assist ratio, which is horrible for what he is. He's averaging five turnovers, five assists for this, uh, um, for this series. So he's been playing really, really bad. I honestly think that that changes when he goes home. Um, because at the end of the day, like you do have mismatches on the other side of the court, on the other side of the court and you just have to find them. Like Steph Curry is a mismatch for James Harden, you know, yes. like you just, just keep Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, like be creative in how you keep them off. Also Clint Capella is going to ha- have to learn how to go to the freaking rack without getting blocked by Steph Curry. You <laughs> like, how does that happen? Dude, yeah. He blocked that, and I was on. I had fallen into the Daryl Morey. These refs are bush league, and I was like, "Well, how is that not a foul?" And then I watched the replay, and I was like, "Oh my god, dude, that was yeah, clean!" He just fucking wrecked him. Yeah, Quick Capella can't be on the court, man. I, I would. Uh, I told Josh this today. I would roll like literally like four or five guards out for Houston because they're going the Rocket or the Warriors. Excuse me, are going with the uh, the Hampton five and starting that short lineup where you got Draymond at the five. So why don't you just roll out CP3, James Harden, uh, Eric Gordon, play uh, Tucker at the five, play hard at the four, whatever you want to call it, and throw Austin Rivers in the starting lineup. Clint Capella is just tripping all on his own dick, and Austin Rivers is playing really good, and he's a good defender and a good shooter. you got to do something different. Yeah. That trainer that 
practices with the Rockets with the broom and tries to block shots would be better than Clint Capella right now. <laughs> Clint Capella is currently the first game one minus 17, game two minus 19. That's so brutal. like that's that's horrendous. That's brutal. And he's supposed to be like he's getting at, what he got five for a hundred this this off season. Yeah, he got near max. Yeah. So you had to do I mean, it, I, but I mean, what do you? I mean, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, he has to be better because that's what takes the pressure off of Harden is that he can throw that lob to to Clint Capella. So he has to be better. Like that's that's a big reason why Harden hasn't played as well as he should. Yep. Um, what what were y'all's thoughts on in regards to the refs? Blown calls getting leaked. I think, um, I think we're getting to this culture where every single big game comes down to some quote-unquote yeah. blown call, and I get fucking sick of all the excuses all the time. It exactly. happens constantly. Like, occasionally, like, the Saints this year definitely had a case. Fucking like, robbed. Yeah. Late. Absolutely. Uh, this is a seven-game series. Talk about three or four calls. I mean, I don't like it. I've talked about it. Um but yeah, I mean, at a certain point, you can't have you can't have too many excuses. Like, do they need to get it right? Yes. Do I want to see them get it right? Yes. Are they always going to get it right? No. And I mean, that's just is what it is. And as long as it doesn't affect the outcome of the series, which I don't believe it has at this point, I'm good with it. I don't think I don't. It may have, you could say it affected the outcome of Game One potentially. It's not going to. If the Warriors went in four one, it's that didn't the rest didn't change that. Yeah, it's the it's the deflate or the uh, deflate gate stuff. Like, right? The Patriots won that game by thirty, what thirty eight yeah. points? Like, take all the Laguerre, points away. They could have fucking been throwing tennis balls out there. Wouldn't yeah, Legarrette Blunt had three rushing touchdowns. He could carry a beach ball. <laughs> yeah, like, how just, about this? Colts score more than seven goddamn points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, that I, was the that was the uh, study that came out was Daryl Morey leaked that the NBA refs missed eighty one. Uh, 81 calls, and then the NBA leaked that the Houston Rockets missed 27 three pointers. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's great. <laughs> so Josh's um, uh, defense, though, the and you mentioned this earlier, getting under feet and shit like that is unacceptable. Can't be doing that. Horrible. That's just yeah. dangerous. And the and the league should recognize that because that's your 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 product in the league is your stars. Right. These people don't give a shit about the teams as much as the players these days. So Look at what. Yeah. Look at what happened to Golden State and the Spurs the other week, the other year. Like nobody watched the rest of that series because it was yeah. over, right? Like if I'm Adam Silver, I'm saying if you if we f- find that you are moving underneath shooters' feet, it's not only a foul, a three point foul. You're going to be charged a technical. They're going to get four shots in the ball. He's going to be like Jeff Van Gundy now, dude. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's that's to me makes me more upset than anything else is like that shooting underneath the feet. And regardless of what people say, like Scott Van Pelt came out and had a, this is James, James Harden shot on when he's wide open. And it was like a normal, like Jim two inch jump and then shot. And then he switched it over to, uh, to this is James Harden shot whenever people are closing out on him. And you can tell that he was jumping forward. I think it's probably in between the James Harden is 100% doing this for contact. And then also, not doing and then not doing it at all because your shot is different whenever you're wide open versus whenever you're getting closed out on. Like yep. 100%. But I do think that James Harden kicks out. I don't think that's that was a foul on Draymond Green um, because he was closing. He closed from point A to underneath him, regardless of whether James Harden moved forward or not. He would have yeah. landed underneath him. He moved forward a lot, but it's still a foul. I think James Harden exaggerates it more than most, but I, it's something I want. I want to see called. Um, I know we kind of we hit on all the series already. Before we wrap up, though, a couple of pieces I did want to hit on just around the NBA. Of course, the, the Danny Ainge thing. Uh, you know, all jokes aside, we definitely hope he gets uh, gets better. But I'm just waiting for a report that like some GM came to visit him in the hospital, and Danny Ainge just like faked the whole thing just to pull off some kind of deal. <laughs> Dude, like, I'm telling that, you, that would be the most Danny Ainge type move. I told you earlier. It, all of a sudden, he's going to be trading. You know, boy genius to. The Suns for DeAndre Ayton and three, four, yeah. you know, four first pick, first round picks. <laughs> so you know, which funny. will be incredibly invaluable because the Suns are fucking horrible, <laughs> right? And then I thought it was cool that Pop took the extension. I really, I really felt like this was his final year. Like I thought this was it. I think and a lot of people kept saying that. I don't know if that ever really crossed your mind. Well, I, no, it did because everybody kept talking about it. But I don't know that it really was ever a thing exactly. I think it kind of got created on it. Like it was just speculation. Like right, he exactly. never hinted at that. But yeah. it's like he's older, his wife passed. Team doesn't look like they're championship ready, but 
who knows? I mean, that dude can take an average ass team and get him to get him really far. So I'm, I'm glad to see a bag. He's the best coach in basketball. So I'm glad that he's still there, even though I hate the Spurs. And let's let's finish and wrap up on the funniest story of the uh, of the week. I know Justin has some insight on this that I wasn't aware of because I saw D'Angelo Russell got cited for marijuana possession. I think he might might have got arrested, released. I mean. NBA is going to slap him on the wrist for that. He'll get a little fine. It's not a big deal. Talk to me about the way he got caught because this was hilarious. So he was flying from Louisiana, which is home, I think, for him, right? Pretty sure right. it is. Uh, flying from Louisiana to New York, landed at LaGuardia, got his bag searched. Turns out he had one of those Arizona iced tea cans that had, like, the false bottom in it that's used to put, like, weed in and stuff. And, like, of course they were going to fucking flag it because those are the kinds of things that they keep you from bringing on the plane in the first place. Or, like, drinks <laughs> yeah, like, and stuff like that. Why wouldn't you just throw it in a sack in the bottom of your bag amongst your shit? They're not going to look So many it. better options if you're going to take that risk as an NBA player, which he should have just done the, the classic Carmelo Anthony where Carmelo got arrested with weed at the airport and then his boy came out and was like, no, it was mine. I'm, I, Carmelo didn't know it was in there. It's like, no, Carmelo <laughs> paid you to say that, but that's okay. Like... D'Angelo Russell needs to be a little more calculated with these moves and, yeah, not hide it in something that's fucking already prohibited. Let's try that. That's the biggest thing, dude. <laughs> really yeah, I thought, I thought that was funny. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. I mean, I don't what? think it's going to hurt him. He's still going to get paid. It's just fucking hilarious. It just shows that still 23-year-old kid. Dude, why does the league even bother at this point, though? I mean, come on. Like, I don't think they do, do they? I'm not really. Yeah. I mean... You know, I don't, I don't have the, I don't have statistics to back this up, but you know, if you had to ask me how many guys in the NBA smoke weed at least during the off season, I'm thinking that number's pretty high. It's definitely over fifty percent. Everyone I, except for Kawhi and Giannis. Dude, yeah, I was gonna say, I'm thinking that the, the number. Yeah, of them... if you look at the stars, like the the real big superstars, those guys are pretty freaking locked in, and um, you know, take care of their body at a different level. Trying to think if I had to bet my bottom dollar of the of an NBA star. I don't know, dude. LeBron's hanging out with two chains a lot. Yeah. He's yeah. Out, he's out in LA. He has been. You know that Russ doesn't. Russ does like uppers. He's doesn't Way do any of those downer stuff. Yeah, man. He's doing cocaine. Him and Draymond. Steph this definitely cocaine. doesn't because he would have a he would have like a father son talk to himself afterwards. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man. Clay. Clay's the Clay's the MVP in that category. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> All right, guys, I think that'll wrap it up for us this week. Uh, we'll come back uh, with another episode in the next four or five days or so. Be uh, wrapping up the second round at this point, seeing what these conference finals are going to look like. And uh, hopefully I'm right about Milwaukee not being as good as they are. But Josh is usually right in these situations. But uh, until then, later, boys. Uh, wait, I, I don't know if that's true, but take it easy. <laughs> no, that's, what, that's what we're ending it on. I'm right. <laughs> See you guys. Go ahead.